All right. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Baba Kama Daf Nun Hey, and we're starting two lines from the bottom on Nun Dalad Abbeis. For those of you who've been to yeshivas, uh, this is one of the easier blot because we're beginning the parak of Hakones, which is uh, learned by our children and or learned by us at some point in our childhood. So. Um, a uh, bit of a faster blot, and then over Shabbos, as you'll be able to see, Nun Vav Medalf is regular length, Nun Vav Medbez is short. So tomorrow night, I should say, will be a quicker blot and a half than usual. Shabbos is also not a very long blot, so uh, hopefully the next couple of days will be a little uh, less thick than uh, than the previous. So here we go. Nun Dalad Medbez, two lines from the bottom. The Gemara says, Shal Rabbi Chanina ben Ogil es Rabbi Chia bar Abba. Rabbi Chanina ben Agil asked Rabbi Chiyabar Abba, Why is it that in regards to the first of our of the Aser Sadibros, the ones that were broken, why is it that there we don't have the language of Tov? We do have it. And what is this Pasuk that speaks about good? So take a look at the Rashi on the very top page of top of the page on Nun Hayam Aleph. That honoring your parents is good for you. So we see that the word tov was used in the uh, Dibros Shnios, but not in the Dibros Rishonos. So the Gemara here has the oddest of retorts, and the Meforshim really do struggle to understand this. The Gemara says, Omar Lo, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, said back to Rabbi Chanina ben Agil, he said, Before you ask me why it says the word tov, ask me first if it's there in the first place. I'm not even sure it's there. The Maritzchios in the back of the Gemara over here really struggles to understand this line. How could Rabbi Chia Bar Abba say, I'm not sure if the word tov is in the Luchos Shneos? He pushed Nuchomish by heart. And if he didn't, he still knew that the word tov was in Kabeda Sebicha Be'asimecha, but Lamaisa, he knew everything by heart. So what is this odd retort? Anyways, he's not done talking, Rabbi Chanina Bar Abba, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, and he says, Kilach Eitzel Rabbi Tanchum Bar Go ask your question to Rabbi Tanchum Bar The question of why is it that the Luchos Rishonos don't have the word tov? And why should you go to Rabbi Tanchum? Because the Gemara says Rabbi, Tanch, Rabbi, Rabbi Tanchum is in the category of Shahaya Ragil Eitzel Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi, Shahaya Baki Ba'agada. Uh, Rabbi Tanchum Bar was always with Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi because uh, they were Baki and Ba'agada. So Azalagabe. So Rabbi Chanina Bar Agil went over to Rabbi Tanchum Bar Chanilai, Azalagabe, Amarle, and then he came back to Rabbi Chia Bar Abba and said, Mimenu lo shamati. He didn't know the answer to my question. Elakach Amarli Shmuel Bar I did get an answer from Shmuel Bar Who was Shmuel Bar Achi Imo, the brother of the mother Shal Rabbi Acha Bar Chanina, or Ve'amrila. Uh, some say it was Avi Abba Shal Rabbi Achi Rabbi Chanina. What is the reason why? In the Luchos Rishonos, it does not say the word Tov. But in the Luchos Shnios, it does say the word Tov. Says the Gemara, The Gemara says that the reason why the Torah does not include the word Tov in the Luchos Rishonos is because of the fact that we knew, I mean, we didn't know, but Benevua, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew that the Luchos Rishonos were going to be Mishtaber. So he didn't want to write them in the Luchos Rishonos to have them be broken. Says the Gemara, like, what are you nervous about? Like, okay, there are a lot of letters, a lot of letters broke in the luchos. One of the letters, uh, one of the words was Shem Hashem. But what, are you worried about the word tov? What's the problem with the word tov? 
So the Gemara says about a quarter of the way down on Nunhe who cares if the Luchos Rishonus are going to break? Oh, okay, so you broke the words. A little bit of a play on words is that we don't want Tov to ever be broken from Klal Yisrael. We don't ever want that to be the case. And so much so was this sensitivity of not wanting to be posek Tov from Am Yisrael, that in the Luchos Rishonos, which Akadosh Baruch Hu knew, uh, he's omniscient, he knew that the Luchos Rishonos were going to be broken, so he would not wrote, write the word Tov there so that they would never get broken. That's Sugya number one. <clears throat> Sugya number two is somewhat connected. Amar Rabbi Yoshua, the Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Yoshua, Haroa tes bechalomo, if a person sees the letter tes in a dream, so then, simen yofelo, my taima, if you want to say because the letter Tess is representative of the word Tov, and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu in your dream is giving you a simon of Tov with the letter Tess, that's not true because we have the letter Tess with negative words as well, which means to be swept away with destruction. Says the Gemara, no, perhaps Rabbi Yeshua was not talking about where there is the letter, a word with the letter test twice in it, but rather, chad test ka'amrinan. We're only talking about one test, and therefore that must be the word tov. Says the Gemara, even if you want to say that it's one letter test, ema tumasa bishuleha, that there's impurities bishuleha uh, in her clothes, and there we see the word tuma is with one test, and that's a negative word. So says the Gemara, test beis ka'amrinan. You're right, I, you're right, there are other words with the letter test, but in the dream, what I was talking about is seeing the letters test and beis. Says the Gemara, but there's. What? Tab means, means good, so that's fine. So says the Gemara, that's a problem because there is a, a word with tes and bays in it that's bad. Ema says the Gemara, that they drowned in their land. Ella says the Gemara, a different answer. Why is it that seeing the letter tests is considered to be a simon bracha? Says the Gemara, just about halfway down, two lines before the wide lines. Because the first letter test used in the Torah is with the word tova. Who knew? That's pretty far in, says the Gemara. The first time that the letter test is used is by the word tov, and therefore, much like we have as a matter of, uh, of precedent in the Torah, that when a word is used for the first time in the Torah, that's its primary definition. It's also true that the first usage of the letter test in the Torah is connected to that word itself, which is the letter of Tov. Therefore, even the letter test by itself retracting some of its previous answers, if a person sees the letter test in a dream, that is considered a good thing. And as well, another dream Gemara, first of the long lines, Vomer of Yeshua ben Levi, if a person sees a eulogy in their dreams, they will get mercy from heaven and they will be redeemed. Uh, that's because the word hespid and chas pad are, are viewed as similar. So chas is chasu, ufda'ehu from the word pad. So hespid is a notary cone of sorts. Hespid is from the words has, uh, has and pad of being chas and uh, redeeming a person. However, it's not visually seeing the image of a hespid, but rather vahanimili bichsava. It's seeing the writings of a hespid. That is when a person will have divrei bracha. That brings us to the two dots halfway down. We had said in our Mishnah, which can be found on the top of Nandal and Medbez, that there were a lot of things that were very similar about animals. I mean, if you just look back over on Nandal and Medbez for a second, 
You'll see there that we spoke about Nefila Sabor, Afrasha Sarsina, Tashlume Kefala, Shabbos Aveda, Bechule, stuff that we focused on yesterday. But there was another line in that Mishnah that said that much as all of those rules apply by Hilchos Shabbos and a whole bunch of other areas, it also says, We're going to be speaking now a little bit about birds, um, especially as it relates to the Isser of crossbreeding birds. The Isser of Harbas, Kilaim Beharva, of having two animals mate to bring about a different animal. Um, these things are done um, with dogs all the time in order to crossbreed and create new breeds of animals. Halachically, not so simple. And says the Gemara, Amoresh Lakish, Kan Shana Rebbe. Here Rebbe taught us Tarnagal, Tavas, Ufisyuni. These are three different kinds of birds, chickens, peacocks, and partridges. Who knew? What happens to them afterwards? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, some of these animals I don't are not kosher to start with, but uh, but this is just a mating question. It's not a question of achila. We're not talking about can you shecht and eat that animal. I understand that, but I'm saying like own a dog that's been crossbred like that. Is there... Let's first talk about owning a dog that hasn't been crossbred before we talk about a dog that has been crossbred. Uh, the Gemara is very sharp about it because dog, dogs are mechutzaf and there's like a fast, there's a big discussion in halacha and mekubalim are, are off the rails about dogs. Uh, these are big discussions in the postkin. Okay, but anyways, I have no idea about the difference uh, between the two. But the Gemara is here is only talking about the crossbreeding of different kinds of birds. Um, we have chickens and we have peacocks and partridges. Kiloim zebazet. The Gemara says that there's a din of kiloim. Says the Gemara pshita. Why wouldn't it be kiloim? We don't crossbreed animals. Says the Gemara. Amar of Chaviva mishum de ravu behade hadade. The reason why is because. These animals live in a similar habitat. So perhaps the Gemara is recommending in the Habamina, perhaps we should assume that if you have animals that live in a similar place, therefore there may not be a crossbreeding issue, says the Gemara, that's not true. min who you might have thought that they're really one min, because even though really, you know, a kingdom, phylum, species, all of those, they're not the same, but maybe because they live in the same place, they're mincha, they're one type of animal, kamash malan, that they're not is that if the animals are biologically different from one another, then there is an iser of them to be paired together. If you have a regular duck and a wild duck, those are kiloim, even though they are somewhat similar. This is probably where you'll find more of a comparison with dogs because it's different genres of similar animals. You have an, uh, you know, whatever two dogs are that they would that they would do key line, that they would try to crossbreed. They're not the same dogs. They look similar, maybe, but they're not the same dogs. So here too, by the ducks, the Gemara says that by ducks, that there's a din of key line if one is uh, is a regular duck and one is a wild one. Maskifla Raba Bar of Nasan Mai Taima. This one has a longer beak and this one has a shorter beak. Elamayata, if that's true, Gamla Parsa, if you have a Persian camel, the Gamla Taya, if you have an Arab camel, the high Alim Kue, the high Katin Kue, this one has a longer neck, this one has a shorter neck. We would have assumed that there would have been Kilaim there as well. But, and while we don't learn this from here, the assumption of the Gemara is that that's not Kilaim. So therefore, says the Gemara, how then do we define? This example about the uh, the ducks that they're different, or the geese, however we define the word avas. So the Gemara says, 
Ella Omar Abaye, two possible answers. Mm-hmm. In one of the animals, the scrotum, the testicles are external to the body, and the other is that they are internal to the body, which is considered significant enough of a difference that mating them together would be an iser of kilayim. And Rav Papa Omar, it's not about the males, it's about the females. He says, One of these animals, uh, when it ovulates, it ovulates with only one egg per ovulation. And the other animal ovulates multiple, um, multiple eggs during one ovulation. Very subtle biological differences. You may not be able to literally tell the difference on the outside other than really being an expert in these animals. But it's not about the aesthetics of the animal. There's a certain functionality mm-hmm. difference between them that makes it key line. What were we saying? No, no. How, how would they know about the females, how many eggs they produce? There, there must have been something there, but the the it, whatever physical features were there were not the reason why it was key lime. I mean, they might look a little different, but that wasn't why it was key lime. The reason why it was key lime is because they ovulate differently. So they might look different. Right. But my question was, how do they know? How do they know what? How do they know about the ovulation cycle? Um, the birthing rate. And they were, I guess, I don't know. There has to be something. Know about ovulation <laughs> ovulation <laughs> of, of birds. <laughs> ovulation of birds yields eggs. All they have to do is see what the egg production is. It's not, that's pretty much it. Is that correct, doctor? You're sitting there on the long goose chase. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Sandberg. That was your line. That was a good joke. Did you hear that? <laughs> you guys are and Sam and Sandberg. He took the average age of humor down by about by about 20 years with his joke last night. You weren't here last night. But it was a good He said that the cow was very smart. He went to Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great line. I've, told, I've told like 20 people about your line last night. I loved it. It was a clever. I heard you retelling it as if it was your own joke, though. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. What? <laughs> Whose joke was it? Oh, it was Rip C's. Uh... Uh, yeah, but you, it's okay. You quote. He used it well. But he was just he used it well. Uh, he was just now. Last night he just wasn't. Last night he was maybe God was slow. Today's maybe. Not go about this ovulation cycle through that. Okay, Mark. Mark. Let's go. Okay. So it says the Gemara, we're ten, eight lines before the end of the parak. The Gemara says, Amar Rabirmiya, Amar Resh Lakish. Hamar Bia Shne Minim Shebiyam Loke. If uh, one puts together two different creatures from the sea and they cohabit, that is an Isr de Oraisa. Uh, being marbia kilaim of having two animals mate that should not be mating my taima. What's the reason why? Because Amar of Adabar Ava Mishmedeula Asya Leminehu Leminehu Miyabasha. We have a gzerushab. Boy Rechava Rechava asks the question. This is uh, just unbelievable. The Gemara asks a crazy question. Hamanhig, a person is traveling and he's being pulled by two animals. Beiza, he's being pulled by a goat with one string. Vishibuta Mahu, and he's being pulled by a fish called the Shibuta with another. So he's driving on the border of the water, all right? He's got a, a carriage. He has a shark pulling him or whatever a shibuta is, some kind of fish pulling him with one string and a goat pulling him in the other. And it's working perfectly. It's working out great. Says the Gemara, Mahu. Do we say, that since goats don't go in the water and since water doesn't, and since shibuta, the fish don't go on dry land, 
that he didn't do anything. Namely, that these two animals can't have an iser of uh, plowing together, of pulling a plow together, because they're they're different genres. You have water-based animals and land-based animals. Odilma, or perhaps hashta mihas kamani, but perhaps the Gemara says, who cares? Lemaisa, the animals being pulled one way or the other. Says the Gemara in classic Jewish form, we're going to ask a question on the question. Wait one second. Let's say in regards to kiloim uh, by a field that I have in my hands, I have wheat and I have barley, and I'm standing at the exact threshold line between chutzla aretz and, uh, and Eretz Yisrael. And I plant a little bit of my chita in Eretz Yisrael, and I plant the barley the Saora right over the line in Chutzlaretz. So there says the Gemara, Hachanami de You're going to say that we're going to be Chayev in that case? They're different countries, they're different properties. One of them is Medina Israel, the other is not. This is totally different. So the Gemara says, Amri, that's a bad question. Hachi Hashta. How can you possibly compare the question of Chutzlaretz and Eretz Yisrael versus the, the fish and the goat pulling the carriage? Why? When it comes to kilai, kilai akarem or kilai, uh, the, veg, the vegetation that's being put there, the Yisra only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, plant, plant whatever you want outside the line of Eretz Yisrael. Who cares what it is? However, in our case, but in our case of the Shibuta and the Iza pulling the carriage, both of those are on a level playing field, not... Uh, not in regards to their living in habitat, but Lamaisa, they're both pulling. What's the difference? They're not like different spaces where one has a, a Shaykh space like Eretz Yisrael and one is Chutzlaretz. They're both just land and water. So the Gemara doesn't have an answer to this question. Not for harva, not for mating, but yes, for planting. You could plant this, if, if you were in Chutzlaretz, you could plant the trees that are no problem. I can't speak for Psak. There might be a Dinder Abanon somewhere out there, but I'm just saying Midoraisa, the Isser Doraisa of Kilaim is when is an Eretz Yisrael. That's exactly this Gemara. The Gemara says that you will not be Chayev for planting a Chita one inch away from Seora if the what separates the two of those is the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, but the Havim that it's one that isn't not necessarily that it's like there's a differentiation which does make a difference because one's on the other side of the line one's not. That, that could be seen as a differentiation instead of it only applying there as well. That is what it means. It means that in, in and we have nothing. And even though their roots will intermingle, we don't care. Because the, the planting happened in Chutz and in Eretz one inch just about, about at the halfway mark. Um, of this Masechta, and we're also somewhere near 1,500 blot, give or take, in Shas. We're getting there. We're getting there. All right. S says the Gemara, starting a new parak. I should let you take over at this point because he's been learning this all year. Uh, here is Perak Hakones. This, he closed the Gemara. He got the whole thing shocked. Levitari is going to nail it. Says the Gemara as follows. Hakones Tzon Ladir. We're going to pick up on the fact that we are now talking about Tzon as opposed to Shore. The Gemara will deal with that at the end of the day today. Yo, stop talking, bro. Hakones Tzon Ladir. If people put uh, Tzon, smaller animals, goats, sheep, and they put them Ladir inside of a pen, 
the na'al b'faneha kira'ui, and I, the Baal, lock the gate properly, and after I locked it properly, the animal escaped and managed to cause some damage. The halacha is that I, as the owner, am pater. I didn't do anything wrong. I did everything right. This is what we would call in halachic terms, shmira pchusa, as we spoke about earlier in the Masechta. I did my minimal requirement. It's a reasonable minimal requirement. Now, obviously, if lo no'al b'faneha kira'ui if I left the gate open and the tzon get out and they decide that they want to destroy your car, so, okay, then I'm chayev because I'm a fool. Why did you trust that that animal would just stay put? Animals are not known for being naturally self-disciplined. Nifritza belayla osha pirtsua listim v'yatsa Let's say that the animal uh, was broken out at night or that... Uh, uh, or that listim, a third party broke the wall and therefore animals escaped and then they caused damage. Putter, you the homeowner are putter. And while it's not articulated here, whoever in fact is guilty will be held accountable. Hotsia listim, listim chayavin. If listim take the animals and they pick them up and put them over the fence and say, go run wild and they cause damage, then listim are chayavin. Then uh, the criminals are held accountable. Hinicha behema. Oh, shemasra l'chei shota. Uh, excuse me, if you leave an animal out in uh, in inclement weather, it's extremely hot. And even though your Shmira was there, but he was so uh, intolerable of the heat that he jumped over the wall very high, more than what was normal, or broke through the wall. Or if I, as the Baal, irresponsibly gave over the animals to a Cheresh, a Shota, or a Katan, in that case, what if in all of these cases I'm not the guilty party because Masra Leroe, I gave it over to a trusted employee and my employee is a bardas. I hired him. He's a shepherd. So what happens in regards to the shepherd? Any din that would apply to me, Nichnas Haroa Tachtov. The Roa, the shepherd, takes on the same halachic um, burdens that I would have taken upon myself. I'm just entrusting him. And because he's a bardas, he absorbs and takes upon himself all of the halachic realities that apply to me. Nafla lagina v'nehenes. If an animal falls into a garden, and it uh, it benefits from the food there, either because it fell on them or ate them, so mishalemes mashenenes, then it will pay. Yarda kedarka v'hizik. If an animal walks into a field on its own, which means I did a bad job of shmira, then mishalemes mashehizika. Then it pays for what it damages as well. Ketzad mishalemes mashehizika. How does how do we calculate the amount of money of damages when in fact an animal goes into someone's yard and damages? So says the Gemara, we do a simple subtraction math equation. Shaman, we measure base saw How much is a base saw, which is a large measurement of land? What was its um, market value at this particular uh, before all the damage was done? Uh, how much was it worth? minus how much is it worth. And whatever the difference is, is what I, the Baal of that animal, would have to pay. Rip Shimon Omer, Achla Peros Gemurim, if he ate completed Peros, ripe fruits, Mishalemes Peros Gemurim, just pay back. Just he ate eight apples, how much is each apple? 99 cents. Do the math and pay. Simple. No subtraction. So it says the Gemara, Imsa Sa, Imsa Sai, Imsa Sai, whatever the cost is, it is. And we'll dig into a lot of these pieces uh, later on. But let's start with the first part of the Mishnah. Uh, the Gemara has a brysa that's somewhat similar to our Mishnah, Tanu Rabban. And we're a third of the way down on Hey Amud Beis. We'll be stopping five lines from the bottom at the first of the long lines. Ezehu karo'i ve'ezehu shelo 
what is considered <clears throat> to be a shmira that is reasonable and what is considered to be a shmira that is unreasonable. If the door that I use to close the pen can withstand a regular wind, again, what we call a shmira pchusa, so then, zehu karoi, that's considered appropriate, responsible, minimal appropriate, responsible shmira, you did a fine job. If the door that you used cannot handle a regular wind, then you are an irresponsible person, zehu shelo karoi. It's very interesting, says the Gemara, that in our Mishnah we have an assumption that a Shmira Pchusa is considered to be acceptable. Why is that the case? It must be, says the Gemara, that it's Rebbe Hudahi. That's none. There is a Mishnah, and we've learned this Mishnah before. We saw it on Daf Memhe. We will see it again later in this Masechta. And the Mishnah reads as follows, just about a third of the way down, on Nunhe Amud Beis. What does the Brisa teach us? Kashu baila b'moseira. If I, as the owner, tied up this animal with its reins, the naal b'fun of kiroi, and I lock the door properly, the yatz of ahizi can still, the animal escapes. So the Tanakama, who will soon see as Reb Meir says, echad tam ve'echad muad, whether the animal, animal is docile or dangerous, chayev divrei Reb Meir. He says that you're going to be held accountable in such a case, which is a little bit interesting. He doesn't seem to like the uh, Shmira Pchusa model. He wants us to do a little bit more. Rabbi Yehuda Amar, Tam Chayev, Rabbi Yehuda distinguishes. If the animal is a docile animal, you're Chayev, and Muad Pater, why is that? You're going to be Pater because you actually did lock up the animal. So Machlokas between the Tanakama and between Rabbi Meir and uh, Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Lazar Omer, this was a sheet we saw earlier, that when you have an animal who's established already as a muad, the only shmira that is acceptable for an animal that's muad is killing it. That animal can no longer be kept alive if you plan on not paying any bills. The second that animal damages, no matter what you're on the hook, it's a muad. The only way to fix a muad is by killing it. So therefore, our Mishnah seems to be like the Shita of Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Huda says that by muad, you can be putter. How so? With Shmira Pchusa. Very good. Says the Gemara, not necessarily true. Afilu Tema Reb Meir. We could even say that this Brisa that we learned is like the Shita of Reb Meir. How so? Shiny Shein Viregel. The world of Shein and Regel, which was the damage of Tzon, uh, that they basically will eat things with their teeth and they'll trample on things. It could be that Rav Meir was speaking about in general, uh, about damages in general. But when it comes to Shein Viregel, the Torah took the higher standard of Shmira and lowered it, and even Rav Meir would agree in this case. How does this work out? Uh, some say it was Rebbe Lazar and some say it was a Mishnah. Historically, very interesting. Rebbe Lazar was a third century Amora, which means that there was a period of time of about 75 years where we weren't sure if this was a Brisa or not. It's not, that's a, a fairly long time in regards to learning, fairly long time. Um, and we weren't sure. What was written in this Brisa slash Memra? Arba Advarim, two-thirds of the way down, there are four things that HaTorah Miata Bishmirasan, that the Torah lowered the threshold, the standard for Shmira. Ve'eluhein, here is what those four things are. Bor ve'esh, shein ve'regel. And we're going to go through all four of them to show where the Torah, or maybe even why the Torah lowered the standard from perfect Shmira to Shmira Pchusa. Bor, says the Gemara, Dechsib. 
The Pasuk says that if a man doesn't cover a pit, he's held accountable. What's the diuk? If the person, if the bailim did cover it, it worked. Why didn't they have to fill it in? The best way to fix a problem with a bore is to fill it up with dirt. Why does the Torah tolerate a lower, lower level of shmirah with a bore to just say you have to cover it? Covering it is a band-aid solution to a problem. Oh, it must be that the Torah lowered the level of shmirah by bore. We don't need shmirah me'ula, of filling in the bore. Rather, we're okay with just covering it with an appropriate cover. We spoke about an appropriate cover. Uh, is the wood thick enough for camel, for sure? Is it wormwood? The Next, Eish is another example where the Torah lowered its standard to Shmira Pchusa. Says the Gemara, The only time that fire is deemed to be at a, at a higher level of Shmira uh, is in regards to intentionality. But if you have some level of Shmira, that's considered acceptable. Shane, what about an animal consuming food with its teeth? The word uvir bisteacher is referring to Shane. And unless it's like beer, which is fire, which is arson and intentional, that's when we have a problem. But as long as there's a minimal shmirah, that's fine. And Regel says the Gemara is There too, in all of these cases, there has to be intentionality. Otherwise, regular shmirah works. That also explains how, how our Mishnah could even be like the Shita of Rav Meir. And the Gemara says four-fifths of the way down, 15 lines or so from the bottom, Vitanya. We have a brice of Veshilach Zehar Regel. When we talk about Veshilach, that's what an animal tramples on when it walks. Vechenu Omer, Meshalche Regel Hashor Vehachamor. We saw this drasha earlier in the Masechta, much earlier on Daf Beis. That's how we know that the word Veshilach is talking about Regel because it has the word Regel and uh, and, and Mishalche in the same Pasuk. And Uvir, when it says that it consumes in this way with Uvir, Zehashen, Vechen Hu Omer, and here too we see the same language, Kasher Yevair Hagalal Ad Tumo. And that's also a reference there. So the Gemara makes a diuk of Taima to Avid Kein Vishilach Uvir. When is it that we say that you're going to be chayv if you do v'shilach ubir? That's if you're intentional. But hello, Avid, if you don't do something intentional and you had shmir pchusa, then lo, then it would not be a problem at all and you would not be chayv, you would be pater. The Gemara then says, I can prove that this is true from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah actually has a raya dover for this idea. Because what did our Mishnah say at the top of the page? Hakones tzon ladir. Asks the Gemara the question that I foreshadowed earlier. Michti, Bishor Kaskinan Vaasi. For the last 54 and a half plot, all we've been discussing is short. Basically, that's been our whole discussion. All of a sudden, uh, we things change. Why would you do that? Nisni Shor. Why did you bother changing over to Tzon when we've been talking about short? So the Gemara responds, Lav Mishum, and with this um, rhetorical retort, uh, we're going to stop tonight. It must therefore be that the reason why we switched over to Tzon is to teach us that our level of Shmira is a little bit different by Tzon and that we have a lower level of Shmira. And Lab Mishum Dekan or Tzon 
Karen Luxiba Bay. There are no horns by these animals, and therefore Shane Viregel Hudiksib Bay, but there is Shane Viregel by these animals, and therefore Vikamash Mulanda Shane Viregel de Muadin, who we therefore see that these are Muadin, and therefore Shmir Prusa is a, is a reasonable approach here. Shmami know that it's true that we have lowered our Shmira here. We'll stop right here. Tomorrow night, Emir Tashem will pick up in person with Nunvav and Nunzayin Amadalev, wishing you all a beautiful night.